What's up, everyone, and welcome back to the Safe House podcast. How's it going, Vid? What's up, Jazz? I'm doing well, thanks. How are you? Yeah, good, good, good. So, we have finally got Beauty and the Wife Life, my very old friend, Devki. How's it going, Dev? Good. How are you guys? Yeah, good, man. Very good. Um, I'm so excited about this, by the way. Yeah, we're excited to have you. Welcome to the show, Devki. It's great to have you here. And uh, yeah, just we're, we're just excited to have you and uh, so happy you could make it. I know, I know female on the show as well. I know we tried to do this before, but uh, there were so many fireworks going on that we had to reschedule, right? Because they were interrupting the recording. So, um... <clears throat> you know what? Dev keeps saying they're fireworks, but it's really she just lives in the middle of the hood. So it's, like... <laughs> it's gun- <laughs> gunshots. Pretty much, man. It's just like a standard Tuesday evening, right? So you live in West London then? Is that is that right? East She's London. East. She's even oh, more yeah. in the go. Okay, right, right, right. Nice. That's exactly what I said to Jazz. I was like, uh, they sound, they do not sound like fireworks. They sound like someone's getting shot in the back. So I think we should maybe record another time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Trying to have a, like a nice, calm conversation. And it sounds like the opening of like Many Men by 50 Cent. Oh, ah, uh, oh, <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> oh shit nice. vid what are you sipping on or what what are the many things that you're sipping on so yeah i i like to start the day with like a herbal tea i know i know i sound i'm only 29 but i know i sound like i'm 88 years old but i uh i'm drinking turmeric tea and then i just had a coffee and um that's it that's it what about you guys i'm sipping on some just normal herbal herbal tea man nice what, what, kind, what kind of herb I don't even know. It's just the, the the shit that my mom buys for the evening tea, for the oh. evening nightcap. So whatever she buys, I just stick it in hot water and that's it, man. That's nice. as far as my knowledge goes on it. Nice. <laughs> what about you, Devki? Am I saying um, your name right? Yes, you are. Cool. I love it when Indians can say my name right. It's great, you know. Is cause... it Devaki or Devki? Technically, it's Devaki, yeah. But who says that? No one. I do, from now on. Um, but I'm drinking water, by the way. I also don't understand how Vid is having turmeric and coffee. Like, how does that, how does your taste buds even handle that? I don't even know. But, you know, I, I get, respect you for yeah. your decisions. Thanks. Um, <laughs> I kind of drink turmeric tea in the, in the, like, to start the day. And then I'll, like, break from that. And I'm finishing the coffee and then going back into the tea now. I'm making that transition back into, uh, you know. Hydration. It's like a game of ten- table tennis between the two, basically. Because coffee dehydrates you, right? Do you do you drink a lot of coffee, Devki? Yeah, I do. But as in, I've never had turmeric tea with it. I think that would just be disgusting. <laughs> I think that's still baffling. <laughs> it's not. Like, I'm not having it like. It's not like I'm having one sip of each. I'm not doing. I'm not doing that. It's more like the coffee's done. So you know, I'm moving slowly back into hydration and. Uh, and yeah, how many how many cups of coffee do you have a day? I I I, uh, I actually stopped drinking a couple months ago, and now I'm having like one a day. Yeah, um, I'm I'm at one a day. Nice. On a bad day, I have about two, but I'm trying not to be addicted to it. You're the same as me then. Do, do you have it? Do you have it every single day? Then you do you ever skip a day? Yes, on the days that I'm fasting. Okay. I don't have coffee, so it's like every two weeks. Don't have any grains and stuff like that, so. Like oh a, really you fast every two weeks yeah every two weeks so i don't have grains on that day is that um like religious or because <laughs> it's supposed to be really good for your stomach it's supposed to, to be do really that. good for your body yeah it yeah. comes from a religious place so um the faith i'm in is i follow 
Krishna consciousness. So that's like one of the things is that you take a break from having grain. So you'll give your body a break, but you also give your mind a break. And it's a day where you're supposed to be focusing on spirituality. So I've got to the bit where I follow the rules about eating, but spirituality still is a wavering part for me. So yeah, we're trying to get back into it. We decided since we moved into our own place, we don't really have an excuse. We can control our diet. So might as well. Blimey. So this is something that we raised on the podcast yesterday was we don't know why we do the whole veg thing on Tuesdays. We're hoping now that you sound like you know what you're talking about. Yeah. Do you know Do you know why that's the case? Do you have any wisdom for so, us? We're lost. I think that's a made up thing, to be completely honest with you. Okay, cool. That's what I thought too. Technically, if you come from a hindu background you're not really supposed to eat meat right so that's like we're going into controversial territory right there Mm -hmm. um so i think that's a made-up thing for people who actually do eat meat to give themselves a break or say (laughs) oh i don't i'm i'm kind of religious i don't eat meat on tuesdays um yeah i I don't think that's a real thing but if i do find any (laughs) basis someone comes up and tells me i will let you guys know thanks yeah. we're still waiting for to hear any reasonable real logic around it at the moment we're yeah we're just aligned with you it's just uh we're at odds our parents can't even tell us <clears throat> told you it's made up have you did you ever watch uh goodness gracious me devki yes it's like 100%. it's like the scene when it's like what does it mean to be a sikh do you remember that scene <laughs> and the kid's like man bug bug man you told him <laughs> it's like there's just no logic whatever but you just you told him man, puck, puck, man. That's I it. I feel like you <laughs> could way. not make that program anymore. People would get so offended. Like people are just way too touchy about things. Like, you think I, so? Yeah. I don't think you could make that again. Do you think so? I, it's interesting. I, I think you could because because there's still there's still pretty controversial controversial stuff that's that comes out now. Like Dave Chappelle's stuff and some of like... Uh, yeah, but I think that's because know. Dave Chappelle is just so big that he just doesn't... Over, am I allowed to swear? Yeah, of course. Doesn't give a fuck. Like, sorry. (laughs) He's so big. Why would he care? This is the thing. But I I feel like if they brought back Goodness Gracious Me Mm -hmm. for the nostalgia, they'd probably get away with it, if that makes sense. But I don't know if, like, you could have a new cast and, like, Like a a... new program, like, that was taking the piss in that way. Because I just Mm. feel like people are, well, I don't know. No, I think Asians take it pretty well, though. I think we'd take it well. Like we, we, we. I mean, we did back in the day when goodness gracious me was still around. Like we did a good job of having a laugh about ourselves and just being like, oh shit, this is all relatable. Mm. Oh yeah, hundred percent. But I also think there's Asians who would take it completely the opposite way. Yeah. Damn. It's interesting. The world is becoming woke, you know. So. (laughs) I'm one of them. (laughs) Kind of just offended me, but it's okay. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a tough one. I, I, I kind of agree with you. Like, if, if the three of us were to start a TV show and play along the same, you know, comedic, you know, like blurred blurred lines, like would we would we get some backlash? But 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 it's crazy. Like what you just said. Like just because Dave Chappelle has a presence and 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 you know certain fame, why, why is he allowed? It's like who who's allowed? Do you know what I mean? At what point do you like reach this level? Okay, now you can say what you want. No, no, you're not there yet. Like, where are these? I'm trying to. So, like, where, it's not. It's where like, are the boundaries? Like, because it's almost like a moving goalpost, right? Like, yeah. but I think I almost think with Dave Chappelle, it's like we were talking about yesterday with the with the um um musically. Like, 
these guys have made their money now. Dave Chappelle's caking. He's he's boarding now. He does not give a shit if he gets cancelled or if people are not booking him because he's made his fortune. He will just do it because he's just like, I'll say whatever the fuck I want. If it has consequences and people don't choose me for shit, fuck it. But I think, yeah, the money thing is one thing, but I also think the fan base is another thing, right? Because mm, yeah. you can made, have made all your money, but it doesn't matter. Like, Dave Chappelle put something out on Netflix, people are watching it. That's yeah. the thing, right? The demand is there. And I think that's when you start getting into the realm of being able to talk about whatever the hell you want to talk about. When you just know that you've got hundreds and millions of whatever of flat fans, mm-hmm. and no matter what the hell you say, they're still going to support you, right? So I think it, it, it's, it's dependent on demand and like what you bring to the table. I think once you've made the money, that's, that's a completely different thing. It's about who's watching and who's paying attention. Yeah. Maybe, do you know what? Maybe people back in the day were still pissed off and still were offended, but they didn't have Twitter or YouTube or Facebook or Facebook comments to like leave bitchy comments. Now everyone's flipping got access to like all five, six different social media platforms that they can literally just, just button bash and just be keyboard warriors. So everyone was just pissed off in silence before. Yeah. <laughs> that's why, that's why Londoners are traditionally angry, isn't it? Yep. I think so. <laughs> so how long, how long have you lived in London for? You born and raised or? Yeah, born and raised in London. Nice, me too. East London. Um, I was actually telling Jazz when I was listening to your first podcast, it was very like nostalgia for me. Nice. I could just imagine a couple of my guy friends having the same sort of conversation. So I appreciated uh, all of the London growing up chat that you guys had. Yeah. Oh, there's still plenty of that to come. There's still plenty of that to come. But it's, 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 do you know what it is? This podcast started because me and Vid just, just tend to have very long and in depth conversations that we just thought, fuck it, let's just start recording them. So this would just be our general telephone conversation that we'd have. And we're just getting people to come in and join us. So sounds good. It's actually brilliant. I love it. <laughs> Thanks so much for your support. It really means a lot. I, I, you know, it just, to, to hear that, it just means everything to me and Jazz. Cause obviously, like, even today, um, you know, we released an episode, uh, episode 26, and the, I got some great feedback today from people just laughing and telling me that even, even you know, like my friend's girlfriend, who I don't even know is listening, and she's <laughs> laughing, and he's like, she's enjoying it. And I'm just like, I'm happy that we're able to spread any shred of positivity in, in these merciless times that we're living through right now, you know, like, so, so yeah. Uh, and, and like, I think you're doing, you're doing a similar thing. Um Tell me, tell me a bit about what, what you do, because, uh, you know, I've got to admit, I, I, I have limited information. Jazz has told me some stuff, but I'm sure a lot of people don't know. So it'd be, it'd be awesome for, for you to, like, uh, just tell us a bit about yeah, what, what you do, please. Yeah, definitely. So I have a blog-ish at the moment. I say ish because um, I'm moving away from kind of writing on it and it's more becoming like more video content. Nice. And social media content off of like Instagram and YouTube and things like that, because I kind of moved away from writing because it was just really hard and I don't think I'm the best at that. Um, and I think that there's a lot more eyes on video content. So I have a blog called Beauty and the Wife Life um, where I kind of talk about makeup, beauty stuff because I've always been into that from day one. Um, my plan initially was is that I wanted to give up my corporate job to become a makeup artist. And then I was like, uh, I'm never going to make that kind of money that I make in the corporate world that easily. <laughs> you slave. <laughs> so I am a corporate slave. If you see my Instagram, you'll see it. That's the first thing. I'm a corporate slave. Um, nice. And then I just enjoyed doing the whole like creating content because that's more so aligned to my nature. 
and nice. what I feel passionate about. And then I was like, well, I'm not just all about beauty and makeup because as you can see, I don't really have makeup on right now, but um, 90% of the time I'm like this. Um, and I was really, really passionate at the time when I was creating all of this about relationships and marriage and stuff because I had just got married to my eight-year boyfriend at the time. Wow. nice. Um, and it was just like I was going through a really difficult time and I think this was the first time in mine and his relationship that we just weren't on the best, in the best place. And we've always been like very good friends and mm-hmm. marriage changed a lot for us. And so then I was thinking, oh God, like if I'm finding it this hard and I have a pretty supportive husband and, you know, I have a pretty good support system in terms of my, my parents and they've got my back, how do mm-hmm. people feel who don't even have this kind of support, who right. don't have a supportive husband or, you know, don't have a supportive system or a family around them, which they can like lean back on. Like how alone, Absolutely. if I feel like they're so alone, like how do other girls feel? Um, and then, yeah, I, I just kind of spoke to him and I was like, you know, this is what I'm thinking of doing. I'm thinking of talking about relationships and helping other young Asian girls out who are in a similar position and just giving my advice. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't come from the perspective that I know everything about relationships or my relationship is anything near perspect- perfect because it's not. Um, yeah. I hold my hands up to that. Uh, my, many of our close friends and family will have told you that they have seen many a bicker fights between me and my husband. Um, <laughs> nice. But That's it's not just, a bad thing. It's not. No, 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 it's not. You're human at the end of the day, so... Um, but I think, You're being real about it. <laughs> I am, I am. But I think like in social media, there's this whole thing about like let's show this perfect life and perfect relationship and it's not that it's not that easy and that's right. the reality and that's kind of what's made me start beauty in the wife life so it moved away from all this makeup stuff and it's it's still there so i kind of dibble and dabble between the both i do a bit more about makeup and beauty and all of that skincare and then i then switch to do relationship stuff as well so just giving my advice and helping people out and I've got to the stage where, yeah, people message me about their own stories and ask me for their advice. And I absolutely love that part. And I was just about to ask that to people like reach out and give you anecdotes and little questions. And, and, and then do you do you like do you do you, if you see, let's say, for example, I was to ask you something, would it would you <clears throat> and you thought it was appropriate? I'm guessing you would then like maybe. Or if you saw a few people asking a similar thing, then you would like maybe create create a post about it or like, uh, you know, you, you would create something to address a specific area of a relationship, right? To, yeah, definitely. To or even like a commonly asked area or commonly asked question. <clears throat> yeah, definitely. So sometimes what I tend to do is like if I have things been sent to me, I will ask them if I can share their post like on an, anonymously and just like take their name out. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I get other people to kind of say like, oh, what, what do you think about this? You know, I haven't done that in a little while because to be truthfully told, if people go onto my social media right now, they'll see like a whole bunch of Halloween stuff because Halloween and makeup. I is... saw that. I saw that. Yeah. You crushed it. You crushed it. Your outfit was crazy. It was so, sick. Yeah. I saw that. I'm told I love this whole like artistic part of the whole makeup bit. So that's where I'm trying to go into. But um, yeah, so I, I share mainly other it's mainly women it's not men i feel like men mainly secretly watch my stuff or if they uh-huh. meet me they'll be like like a lot of my husband's friends will be like i like what you said there it's really interesting what you said there or they'll be like jazz who phone me up and play devil's advocate <laughs> you know he loves it he loves that as always <laughs> 
anytime she puts something up i'm always just or anytime so it's like you've you've had a question that you've shared back to everyone i'm always having to like dig in or make a comment about it so <laughs> i can't help myself Stephki. <laughs> no so, i think it's good um but then yeah i'll talk about it or i'll create something so i actually am planning i filmed something a little while ago which is going to be like a series of relationships don't so like what you shouldn't be going in and thinking about in relationships or like um one of the examples is like don't uh don't get in a long-term relationship with someone who you have non-negotiable who you don't agree on non-negotiables with that's just like one example or don't go into a relationship thinking you're going to change somebody else you know there's like little little things like that which i'm creating like small little videos to kind of help people um but yeah that's a big one Mm. That, that's a big one that one you just mentioned those little videos they're like little nuggets of wisdom so uh, they're easy to of... consume as well <clears throat> yeah there's yeah. a lot of value there yeah and actually i had this girl message me maybe about two three weeks ago i haven't shared it yet but i will and she actually said that she's been going through some of my videos and then talking to her fiance about all those things so nice. she's been like going ahead and being like okay so what do you think about this what are we going to do in this scenario and that makes me really really happy because it doesn't mean that they're going to have the best relationship but it just means that maybe they'll have one or two less problems and that's Mm -hmm. the goal just to Mm -hmm. help people through this stage because i honestly feel like in our culture Mm -hmm. all we focus on is the wedding day that is literally what we focus on as a Mm -hmm. family as a couple everything like we literally focus on one day and that's like oh yeah the flowers and the outfit and this and i was one of them i was 100 percent one of these people like i was only thinking about that but then nobody prepares you for day two and the rest <laughs> of your life you yeah. know how long have but you been cause... married now sorry jazz how long have you been married that's right. uh three years nice well ne- yeah. for next year so a little while gotta take each day as it comes right yeah yeah i mean you're crushing it more than you know i'm you've got you've got the most experience out of any of us here so, <laughs> so yeah, that's what i mean you know you... i was even gonna say like even though you said you weren't prepared for it afterwards you you were you were getting married on the basis of an eight-year relationship like yeah. you've been with rishi for about a good eight years which to be honest i from people that i've seen married they've known each other probably about two to three years proposed after probably a year and then obviously spent the year doing the whole wedding planning and then that's it and then yeah like it's, it's, i think it's something quite key that you said is that most people are almost they're ready for the wedding day but they're not ready for the life that comes with it afterwards and is this something that you've like people have come to you and said like talk to you about on their um when you like talk when you i don't know share your wisdom on this or when you post about this i think in terms of years probably not so much because i think i don't I, I, I feel like as the older you get, you just know sometimes like whether you're going to, you know, be compatible with a person or not. And also right. when you're older, you know exactly what you're looking in a person. Whereas I think when you're younger, you're less picky. And that's what was kind of the case with me. But I think my shock was that the fact that I was with someone for eight years and we were fine. And then mm-hmm. we got married and then we were you know, on different pages about different things. And it was Mm. really, really hard. I was obviously living with his family. So it was, again, another adjustment over there. And, you know, I'm trying to communicate with him in the same way as I was communicating with him when I was his girlfriend. And it just was a different dynamic completely. And I was just thinking to myself, gosh, like, 
if I've been with this guy for eight years and I'm finding it this hard, like how are other people feeling if they have been with their partner for like two or less? Mm -hmm. Because sometimes in our culture, people just meet a couple of times. It's less frequent now, but still it does happen sometimes. Like I hear people, they're like, yeah, I met someone and then, yeah, we're going to, bam, get married, bam, engagement. And I'm like, oh, okay. And that gives me heart palpitation because I'm like, I know this guy for 10 years and I'm like, <laughs> still sometimes not sure about it. So I'm with you on that one. You know, the whole idea to be very straight up with you scares me uh, to be to be straight up with you. Like, <laughs> I'm, um, yeah. And and I I still know some, I, my friend's brother actually recently got married in the, in the way you just mentioned um he met someone a few times and then and then they just you know ended up ended up getting together getting together but yeah i um i like what you said about um knowing someone such a long time and for such a long time before you before you you get you get married and then it's interesting what you said about the the dynamic maybe changing because it can do right certain labels have different like psychological impacts like i don't know so i, I flip-flop a lot between do i want to would and i've come to the conclusion that whoever i date i would you know whoever i end up being with long term i would just do whatever they wanted to make them happy but for me like i wouldn't i don't really mind about getting married or not getting married it's more about like what my partner would want i'm not i don't really have any um you know expectations or so you'd be comfortable that if let's just say you met someone you've been with them a year or two or something and obviously the conversation does come up um when you do get to like our age and if they said they're not, they don't want to get married, but they still want to like build a life with you, have kids and everything, you'd be comfortable with pursuing that yeah. path. Yeah, 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 one hundred, one hundred. I would, I would, I would be, I would be comfortable. Um, yeah, just see how how they uh, how they wanted to play it day by day, and you know, uh, take it take it slow. Um, I think that's a, that's a brave move to make, and do you know what? It's it it and it whatever suits you and whatever you feel comfortable with. You have to do it because you only get one life and you see people spending thousands and tens of thousands of pounds on a wedding, right? They feel like they've, they're there with the other person and they kid themselves that they're in love and that they are doing all these things and they're excited for this whole life. But it comes to it and like three months later, I mean, you hear it all the time now. I mean, I've heard it so many times. Three months later, the fucking wedding's gone off or the wedding's like kaput because they just realize, oh shit, some of these things that we probably should have known that we should have known about each other and probably should have spent at least a year getting to know each other on. Mm-hmm. Oh shit, I, I don't actually like you. I have nothing to talk to you about. Like all our dinner conversations are just us being on the phone and just chatting to everyone else and focusing on everything else apart from just the two of us. Mm. Yeah, I think there's a pressure in our community. Like you have to get married. And, and we definitely felt that as well because... For us, it was like, oh, well, you can't be dating someone for this long. You know, mm-hmm. you need to get engaged. You need to get married. Like, you need to make... For, for my dad, especially, it was very much a... Uh, from being, like, the father of, of the girl, he was very much like, oh, okay, I need something secure. Like, if you guys yeah. are going to be serious, I really need you guys to get engaged. and really need you guys to get married. And I, I completely respect you. Like I, I, I agree with you. Like if I didn't want to get married, if I didn't believe in the institution of marriage itself and like the religious aspects and things like that, like, yeah, like you're fully within your rights to do that. But I think within our culture, this is probably one of the catalysts that come to the no communication or not enough communication mm-hmm. about marriage is because there's such a pressure by the community, by your parents, by your family that, okay, right, you're with someone, 
or you're not even with someone or it's like you need to find someone now mm-hmm. to get married and that then becomes this whole thing whereas like okay if you're in a relationship with like me like you've been with someone okay right there's a the pressure like you need to get married now 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 or if you're on a flip side and you're single and you're looking for someone mm-hmm. you're like okay you're under 30 have you found someone like what's going on and then you feel that internal pressure especially if you're single and i've had this with some of my friends who are single and they all their friends around them are getting married and then they feel the pressure themselves to you know find someone or have this big fat wedding and then they sometimes maybe settle because they're not looking at what they're looking for long term mm-hmm. and this is the thing i'm saying this out loud and i'm like well why would you just settle for someone that you're going to spend the rest of your life with but unfortunately like the pressure can get a lot yeah um, no it can it can i mean i'm brown so i i relate like <laughs> yeah <laughs> luckily personally i don't get that much pressure personally yet but i i see it you know within my family and like my extended family and i make it a conscious effort to net to really try not to um amplify or add any pressure to anyone you know even even uh, like i'll never ask my cousins you know that kind of question i just i just don't like to put you don't make it a thing i don't like to because i wouldn't like i wouldn't like it coming my way so like like you like you said devki like i would i would much rather just like take 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 things in my own time i i wouldn't want to push someone or i wouldn't want to be the the catalyst for someone to make a decision that they then later you know like you said may come to regret or whatever so i just i just encourage i would i just encourage people to do whatever they want to do and what feels right to them whatever like you know whatever makes them happiest so so yeah even even um in my family whatsapp group now um there's i have a cousin and she was supposed to get married um this year she was planning to get married this like august um richard you know her jazz um yeah. but like not once and a lot of my cousins will ask her and my my parents are very very like guilty of it they'll be like oh did you have any you get paid money when is it what is going on with it show me their time where is the invite i'm and not once have i ever ever asked her because it's a lot of pressure i'm just like do do you do your thing and i'll be there whenever and I've always got your back. That's it, you know. I'm never I'm never going to put any pressure on her. Yeah, and I feel I like that pressure is so real and it's actually quite crippling because of how visible it is in front with everyone. So you're it's like what you said there, feel like you're seeing everyone get along with their life. They're they're having kids or they it it almost seems like they've re, they've reached another la, the, the the next rung of the ladder, right? And it's like there's this whole linear process that okay, after you graduate Yeah, you got to do X, Y, and Z, and only until then you can really be considered in the eyes of everyone to be a decent guy. Otherwise, what the fuck's going to happen? They're going to be like, "You're a piece of shit unless mm. you've you've achieved X, Y, and Z." And what's the point? And it's just that pressure is so crippling that I think it's unfair that people end up making the most rashest decisions that technically impact the next thirty, forty years of their life potentially, all because some auntie G thinks that they need to fucking wear a new suit. and uh, a new dicker and everything and need this new butter chicken or what this bollocks basically are you vegetarian yeah i'm vegetarian so she's a butter paneer yeah. it's the same shit i just said paneer paneer but it's <laughs> by the way real go on sorry no I, i think no no i think you you go you go i was just gonna say real quick how do you know jazz um i didn't actually ask that but how, oh how, did, you, how did you guys did you go to, go to uni together or um 
Did you, so, did you like... Jazz, did you Jazz, like... Jazz, I'm going to leave this one to you right now and then I'll, then I'll jump in later. Okay. So me, well, so me and Devki met at uni um, through a few mutual friends, but main one being Nabs, um, who is all the way up in Newcastle. And it was probably until our final year that we really actually got to know each other. And I think it's the fact that the, the one time that I specifically meet, or the, the, the one proper time I met you was... We went to Nando's as like a big group, and I actually sat with Rishi. Oh, and it's because yeah. I ended up spending I ended up spending the entire dinner with just chatting to him that I think you were just like, oh, I really appreciate that because Rishi didn't know. I think he knew a couple of people, but there was like a big group of twenty. So I think I helped him feel kind of like a bit more welcome and stuff. And yeah, I think me and you just got along after that. Yeah, and um, okay. we probably yeah we're just being around campus and uh, going to the SU. So vid our SU right mm-hmm. was the only place you could go to around Royal Holloway. Mm-hmm. There were two, three other places, but every Wednesday and Friday, it was just SU. So we'd pretty much be there the same, like all the time. And we went to a lot of pre-drinks together, right? So Yeah, I, I think it was the last year that we got really close, I think. Um, you, I'm so glad that you went first because I've been racking my brain for days thinking, <laughs> where did we meet exactly? Because I remember hanging out all the time i just Mm -hmm. don't remember the exact time where we met but i remember that night yeah where you sat with rishi because he didn't come to our uni and um there was a a huge i think it was nabs's birthday or something like that and there was loads of people there Um, we went all out in nando's basically yeah that was the place to be in stains (laughs) (laughs) i mean we used to get so excited about going to nando's i'm vegetarian so it was like you know um vegetarian food the vegetarian food is good there it's really good it's, it's good, really like good the like good. the chickpea beanie uh, like wrap is. I, I usually get that to be honest when I go there. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's and good the Perinés, the you know, I actually miss it a lot since I left. There is the Nando's here, but I haven't been. And yet, I can't imagine it'll be the same. That's what yeah, I mean. Yeah. Yeah. It won't bang the same, same way as in yeah, London. Yeah, yeah. So um, oh shit! The thing is, oddly enough, me and Devki, we weren't really that close at uni. We just were like more acquaintances, mm. and we knew of each other, and we'd like we um we. we like we got on and stuff and i think it's after uni we actually became very good friends yeah. and it's quite oddly enough because uh, i think devki speaking for you as well like, i didn't think i'd actually keep in touch with you after uni i thought you were going to be one of those people that i'll just be like all right cool see you later and uh we just ended up keeping in touch quite well and um, I think it was be- we were at the same birthdays and stuff yeah i think it was mainly because as well we worked quite close near each other i think at the beginning yeah. so then like i would maybe come and meet you after work or you know and then i think it just kind of went from there. I don't know. And then every time you'd come and so basically, Vid, our very good friend Nabs, he mm-hmm. he lives in Newcastle. So every time he'd come down, me and Devki would always go to see him together yeah. and stuff. So yeah, we we so yeah we we did keep in touch quite a bit um, after uni. And then nice. I remember the bloody Morocco trip, Devki. Yes, we went to Morocco <laughs> together, oh, which was amazing. Oh, nice. Nice. So nice. basically, we did a big group trip um, to Morocco, which technically <laughs> I gate crashed. Yes, he did. So. I didn't want to say that. I was like, oh, I'm going to let you say that. <laughs> Doesn't sound like so, you, Jazz. No. Oh, so so basically, um, Zayn is one of Devki's best friends at uni, mm-hmm. and um, she was getting married in Morocco. And she did a Sangeet night at, in the UK, which I was invited to. And there was like a big group of 30 friends that were there. And I was talking to Nabs one day, so our mutual friend, and we was like, okay, we need to sort out flights and accommodation, thinking I was also going to be going to the wedding that was widely spoken about in Morocco. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So we both go ahead and book the flight 
And both of us were on the phone, like, all right, cool. So everything's booked. Heasley is with Devki and the girls and to try and check, like, your flights and hotels. And it's a flight and hotel that I ended up finding and giving to everyone to say, okay, book these flights, guys. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> and um, I was just like, oh, have um, – and, and I'm on the phone to Nabs. I'm like, oh, has uh, have you been given the invite yet? Because um, I haven't got mine yet. And Nabs was like, yeah, I got mine, like, last week. And it says, like, plus one and everything. And literally, I'm sitting there, and everything is coming to like a realization that I didn't get a motherfucking invite to this wedding. Oh my god! <laughs> and I'm just sat there like a dickhead after spending 400 quid on flights and accommodation, and I've been asked to come. Wow, jazz! And I was under the impression, like, obviously, you've invited me to your sangeet, so right, right, like. I'm going to come to the wedding. Yeah. So Nabs is like, I got a plus one. So I'm like, I better fucking take that plus one now because I've already booked everything. Um, I'm going to have my girls back and be like, she felt really bad for that. <laughs> no, I know, I know. But do you know what? We, I, I ended up going to Dubai like two three, two, three months later and I met up with her and we didn't talk about the fact that I didn't get an invite. She's just like, yeah, you're coming as Nabs is plus one. And I'm just like, yeah, are you sure? Like, do you want me there? Yeah, she's so like... She's so chill about those kind of things. But I think that was probably one of the best weddings that I've been to. It was. I still epic. talk about that wedding as if... I still talk about that wedding as the be- like sweeping statement. The best wedding I've been to. Just because of how like small it Rude. was. Like, you've been was... to my wedding. Uh... <laughs> oh, shit. Your wedding was very good as well. Actually, don't, no, Devki, your wedding was good fun. But Zayna's yeah, was just... Yeah, was just out of this world. Pink skies, like the most epic wedding ceremony that was just on the beach and there's like prayers going on in the background it was just so like haunting like the whole experience and even the party afterwards like the the the, the, the mendy night the day before and vid you'll probably know how much i would appreciate this but the villa that they actually held their wedding in was it was owned by a concert pianist who's like quite famous worldwide and he had this big ass piano in the middle of his room and i ended up playing keys the entire time and then he came and was like oh shit who's playing so i ended up playing with this geezer who's like world-renowned who's a world-renowned pianist wow during the entire wedding and it was just yeah it was amazing oh my god all That's these memories crazy. are like coming back to me right now like yes i totally remember that and then we had to all like get stuffed in like one like six of us had to like share one cab oh, because there were no cabs li- in the area this was like the worst thing ever <laughs> We were like maybe 15 minutes away from the venue and we were all in the same hotel. Who is this? Mm-hmm. Like three, four of us girls and then Nabs mm-hmm. and Jazz. And you're allowed to fit six people in the, the taxi, but you sit two people in the front seat. Uh-huh. And so guess what? One of the boys went in the front and the smallest girl, me, went in the front with them. So I was with either Jazz or Nabs squashed in, Nabs the, was a bit too big, in the front so I seat. I think it was me and you who ended up sharing the front seat. I literally got some epic pictures of me and you like literally squashed in that front seat to every bloody wedding event that we went to. Because obviously Asian wedding, you've got so many events. Right. We're just squashed and I'm worried about my clothes. And yeah, it was fun though. It was really Damn, fun. I didn't know there was such a lack of taxis. I've never been there. So, so this is like in the so this is not even so it was in Morocco but it wasn't like um down, Marrakesh down, it was like yeah. Tangier it was like mate we were I don't know man. it wasn't we, even we, Tangier I, it was like some random town next to Tangier like, like half an hour like away Ceuta yeah, or something, something like that really random. I just remember me and Nab just taking the taxi to the area that we were going because we we landed in Marrakesh and it was like a three hour drive and I'm like we are definitely getting kidnapped right now like there's <laughs> nothing around us this gear like he just keep looking and the thing is the taxi guy just kept looking back at us just to see if we were like awake or something and i'm like, <laughs> and I'm like t- tapping nabs like 
the fuck is this geezer looking at? And I'm like, trying to talk him. I'm like, does he does he understand English or not? But mate, I honestly thought it was I was getting kidnapped. You're gonna sell, you know, take your organs. That's, that's one of them. One of them ones. It was that kind one of vibe. Of Can you imagine? I was there. I had a beard as well. I had, a, I had the same kind of beard, and I'm just like, mate, what are you like? <laughs> Damn! Don't kidnap my. Imagine ass. how we felt that we were four girls by ourselves, like for five. We were waiting for you guys to come. We were there for four days, and there was we were harassed nearly every single day. It was crazy, <laughs> and I was counting down the days that the boys would come, that we would actually have some sort of protection because we were just like harassed every single day over there just like what in the street yeah like crazy i think i think you remember right when you guys came i was like i'm so happy you're here right now because it's starting to come back it was crazy every day we would be because it was just four of us and i think they obviously knew and i think women generally there especially in tangier it's not as like touristy as morocco uh, marrakesh sorry okay um so it was more so that they're not used to seeing women by themselves. Right. And even though yeah. we were pretty covered up, we didn't obviously have headscarves and the stuff on. So you could mm-hmm. spot us from a mile away. Um, but it was very weird. In the evenings, we wouldn't get harassed at all. It was more so in the day, which is really odd. But yeah, I remember just being followed, people hooting. Like, it was weird. Really weird. That sounds really strange. And I'm very grateful that I'm not a woman for... <laughs> Every day I give thanks that I don't have to, just because I don't have to go through that because, you know, it's obviously, I swear every time I talk to a woman, she's always got a story about getting harassed, no matter what country she lives in. So, uh, yeah, I'm, uh, I apologize on behalf of my gender and, um, <laughs> and uh, I'm happy. Thanks for accepts on behalf yeah, of her I'll gender. I'll accept on behalf of all women. Wow. I'm happy, I'm happy that Jazz and the boys finally showed up to, uh, you know. Uh. I would have been no use anyway, mate. Like, <laughs> I'd have been the first one to run if shit kicked off. <laughs> no, I'm only kidding. Devki, let me ask you. Let me ask you. I want to. I want to. I want to find out a bit more about. Um, you know your your uh, what you do. Um, I wanted to ask. Do you have any um. Like who do you have any in like uh insp- who do you look to for, like who's inspired you to 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 go on this journey that you that you've you know that you've to start what you've you started and to create this you know um the platform that you platform have, that you've created exactly thanks Shaz. uh who's inspired you because yeah do you ha- is there anyone are there any like uh strong females who are who are inspiring you or, or men or who or you know uh, people in your family or like because because it's just pretty it's pretty you know remarkable what you've what you've done so i just i just i'm just wondering uh where 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 that came from um you know what no one's ever asked me that question it's really interesting because i'm devki's like i inspire myself (laughs) (laughs) Uh, i can't really say that on a podcast but okay (laughs) no no you can say that it actually reminds me of uh there's a song uh i don't know if you listen to biggie devki (laughs) (laughs) back in the day i did (laughs) there's a song i always think about and um, he's getting interviewed and someone's asking him like Oh, so like, who are your inspirations? It's a female, and she's asking him like a real soft voice like that, and he's like, you know, ain't no one, ain't nobody really inspired me. That's what that's what, that's what he said. He goes, ain't nobody really inspired me. I just, I just, I was just tired of living in the gutter. I just had to get up off that, you know. <laughs> I, I had to go from ashy to classy. So like, 
So like if you know that's the total, that's I was like and, she, and and then the woman's like oh where where oh cool so where are you from and he says Brooklyn so so so, so yeah I always whenever I think of, whenever you know that question always makes me think of that that uh, question. But, you know uh, what? Yeah. Honestly, I feel like I can kind of resonate with him, and I'm nowhere near like that. The thing is, I'm not really a fan. If that makes sense, like I I I respect people and I look up to them, but I also think that people are human. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I don't look at, like, I, I know a load of celebrity gossip that I don't even really need to know, but I don't really look up to anyone, if that makes sense. Because I always just think, well, you know, that person may have a flaw or they may also just have their own thing going on or whatever that mm-hmm. may be. Um, yeah. and you know, if you idolize certain people mm-hmm. and you idolize them so blindly, you, you can just follow them into like a black hole. Um, True. So I think mainly my inspirations are more so my my parents than anything nice. else because my parents have had my back from day one. Um, and I think that they have been in a survival generation where it's just like they've come from a different country and you mm. guys can relate to this and they've come from yeah. a different country. And they've come here to survive and they've tried to give me and my sister like the best possible life mm. from what they know. Now Mm -hmm. I can sit here and nitpick things and be like, okay, they did this wrong and they did that wrong, but they did the best in their capability. And I think from my perspective, it's really my mom and dad who inspire me the most because my dad has never forced me to be that typical girl. He's never been like, you need to learn how to cook and you need to learn how to clean. He's never been like that. He's always from day dot been like, you need to have a good education Mm-hmm. And you need to get out there into the workforce and have a business or whatever you want to do, but you need to be a hard worker. And that's what I want from you. Loads of great other, advice. Yeah. Loads of other cousins of mine, other girls, you know, they'd be forced to be doing more girly things or womenly things. And I'll be honest with you, I didn't know how to cook until I lived in my own house. So, you know, um, I hear that. I. <laughs> <laughs> That's the great thing about being with someone for eight years because that kind of shit just goes under the radar a little bit. But <laughs> no, <Nope. laughs> put him on blast. Put him on blast, Devki. <laughs> well, nobody was asking me if I can cook, so that was the main thing. But um, yeah, my mum and dad more than anything else. And there are obviously other people. Like I, I, I listen to motivational people and people who have nice. achieved things. Yes, hundred percent to, you know, put me put me in check and you know ensure that i'm following the right path um but ultimately, who are those people mm-hmm. like tony robbins um have you heard of this woman called esther perel by any i chance? haven't i think I, I think yeah sorry go on. Mm, i haven't heard of esther perel but there is a woman that i really like that i found recently called brian brian brown i think her name is and she talks a lot about women courage and um, she has like a Netflix special. So there's a few here and there. But actually, mm. shall I be honest with you? The person mm. I sit, get most motivated by is Kevin Hart. Nice. He's a beast. Honestly. I was going to say that would have put a smile on Vid's face. Yeah, I love just him. The motivation and what he wants to achieve is just crazy. And yeah, I've heard him on Joe Rogan a few times. And I absolutely love his ethic to work and achieve. And just mm. get more and more, and he has his goal, and he knows what he's doing, and it's crazy. So yeah, I apologize if that was me. Sorry. 
I didn't. I didn't hear anything. There was. I didn't hear. Oh, anything. okay, that's fine. <laughs> but yeah, he's he's an he's a machine. I I look up to him a lot. I listened to his audiobook recently, and yeah, I've, I've like watched every all of his specials, and yeah, obviously, um, his stuff with Joe Rogan. He's I don't know the guy. He's a workhorse, man. It's uh, and to see him, well, some of my favorite stuff is I don't know if you've seen it, Dev It's like his stuff with The Rock. It's just them two, oh, them two hanging out, <laughs> making fun of each other. Have you? There's a video when they're doing impersonations of each other. Yes, I've seen Man, it. That's, that's it's, it's so good. And this is the thing, like how much stuff he actually does. I'm like, I complain about having, um, I, I'm kind of doing a course on the side and I'm doing my job and I've got Beauty and the Wife Life and then I've got my house stuff and whatever. And then I'm like, oh my God, that's so hard. This guy is like running multiple companies at the same time and it's just insane so mm -hmm. yeah i think he probably inspired out of celebrities he probably inspires me the most because mm -hmm. that kind of work ethic is something that i i really would want in myself what do you think about um about uh this is going to be a quite a controversial question do it do it what do you think about because uh, you know he got divorced right because uh he cheated on his wife right yeah you, you heard about that right um, and he cheated on and he cheated on his current wife yeah, yeah yeah so you know obviously like with certain fame comes like certain other certain debauchery debauchery yeah um what, what a word um yeah so uh you know it's uh, for me like it hasn't tainted my image of him at all i think i think you know I don't know. Sometimes, sometimes people. Well, I, this is going to be a hot take, but like sometimes people get divorced or they split up, and I'm like, and they, and and I'm like, well, it wasn't for you. Like, you know, that's a good thing it, in the grand scheme of things, right? And yeah, you're not you're not prolonging the suffering or the the emptiness that one of you's basically feeling. So I yeah. think because vid because I got put onto Kevin Hart mainly. I mean, obviously, I knew who he was as a comedian as, as a movie yeah. star, but vid like I think you suggested his Snapchat. Like, I think yeah, you yeah, yeah, Snapchat time back. <laughs> And time ago, this is when years Snapchat ago. was really and like when before, like you know, <laughs> before Instagram had stories. That was when it was B before, yeah, big time. And I just remember his relationship that he's got with his trainer, and he's just like, look at him, look at him, this horse-looking motherfucker. He just roasts each other constantly. <laughs> just... It's my favorite. That's why I roast you constantly because it's the best. <laughs> you know, it's you could tell there's a, like a genuine love there, and it's so. Uh, it, and it was. Uh, then this whole story about him cheating on his wife who's pregnant while he's got two kids from his other from his other marriage and i'm not joking like i was trying to separate the man from that's what i'm trying to say the yeah. art yeah i was trying yeah. to separate because i did that for ryan giggs ryan giggs was like an idol growing up but this man pieced his brother's wife so I'm oh he like, did oh yeah mate it's, it's a really bad thing so obviously at that point your image your image kind of becomes a bit scathed with them but with kevin hart i'm just like why did you all the time like because it almost kind of makes it a bit hypocritical slightly you're talking about being honest being driven being all of this but then you've gone ahead and done and committed one of the biggest sins that you can and it's just like fair enough if you divorce and it was a clean break and you've had the chat that okay this is not working out but while your wife is pregnant and the amount of press shit that she went through with the media with like tmz like she's eight months pregnant seven months pregnant and she's been getting like hounded by the press and i'm just like that's what you did you put your wife through all of that and i'm just like i don't know man i, I kind of switched off from him a little bit because but of this is why i don't think that you can have celebrities as as a like goal in terms of this is who inspires me and be all in and all because right. i think 
that's when you need to be able to differentiate between the art and the person or the work ethic and the person or whatever that is. Mm-hmm. I honestly think with Kevin Hart in that example, yeah, you can look at his work ethic and what he wants to do for himself and his community and for his family. Right. Um, and th- separate that from his affair mm-hmm. because ultimately celebrities are human beings they're like right. me and you anybody mm. can make a mistake if you've literally got and this is the thing like women throwing themselves at you because mm-hmm. you are this big superstar yeah like i don't i don't even like i don't you guys don't know what that feels like you know Whoa. how how would you like you got Speak the most beautiful <laughs> <laughs> Oh, sorry. Uh, were you stuck in a hotel room with a bunch of models? When was that? It's like a Saturday Jazz, night. I thought, you told, I thought you told her about me, Jess. It's like, uh, that happened last week. What are you talking about? I tried to keep an, Im- an honest image. I'm not saying it's okay, like, what he did. But I just think if you're inspired by someone, be inspired by what that thing is and then just don't think about anything else, right? right? Because you can, like, the whole thing about Michael Jordan and his documentary came out. I found that absolutely inspiring. Yeah. And then I heard, like, so many podcasts, like, saying, oh, he's like this and he's like that and all these negative things. And I'm like, well, why are we focusing on the negative? Like, from my perspective, yes, you know, it's like you can hate the sin but don't hate the sinner like Mm. take what you can from that situation if that inspires you take it forward move on from it yeah but then focusing on the negatives is just going to get you into that place where you know you're focusing on the wrong things but with the whole kevin hart thing i feel like yes you should take the work ethic from him and what he's trying to build Mm. as an entertainer and a businessman yeah i don't think you should take a relationship advice from kevin hart it's like what you said before about uh just, I like what you said before about people having, everyone has their flaws and like if you follow someone like uh, blindly, you'll follow them into a black hole, right? Like like you said, yeah. So um, it's, I find it in... Do you think people get too invested into celebrity lifestyle? 100%. 100%. And it's just 100%. like even with, so... It's I, like I, an I addiction, Love right? Island, like, exactly. It's psychological... <laughs> Another drug yeah. addiction. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, it's like it's it's so true because I noticed it with the Love Island lot because people would get so invested in like the relationships themselves that they're making up all these stories. They're trying to justify each other's actions, and it's just like, why are you so? Why do you give this much of a shit about what they've done with themselves? Like, let them be, let them do it, admire what they do, and enjoy it to like a surface level. But I think people get too, uh, like, be, they get too below the surface and they get too, too under the hood with this. That it's just like. You need to focus on your own life more than you're focusing yeah. on the depth. But of this these is guys, why right? I can understand what Biggie was saying, right? Like it, it relates to me. Not that I'm anywhere near as a celebrity as him, but it relates. You're a Grammy winning artist. I've heard all your songs. Um, but it's just like you don't know these people. If yeah. they walk past you in the street, they aren't going to recognize you. Mm-hmm. Like you're getting so invested in I don't know Kim Kardashian's robbery, for example, mm-hmm, or mm-hmm. like something that happened with, I don't know, one of the, what was the latest news with them, right? People are getting so emotionally invested in their problems like it's their own. They're not even going to blink if there was a problem with you. And this is why I can mm. relate to that because I'm like, yeah, okay, you can look at someone and they can be your inspiration, but ultimately they're your inspiration because of the ideal that you've created or they've wanted to create in your mind, mm-hmm. right? And that's why when people ask me who's my inspiration, yeah, my mom and dad are my faith is, my my religion is my community is because those are things that i know and i understand and i can wholeheartedly tell you 
I feel like 90% I'm there with these people. Yeah, you 100% don't know everything about everyone. Mm-hmm. But I can tell you, my mom and dad are like fully solid people. Like I can I can vouch for that. Mm-hmm. You can't vouch for that with these celebs. Like you don't know them. And also if you walk past them in the street, they're not going to give any attention to you. So this is why I think... Speak for yourself. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. I'm just playing. No, you're right. I completely agree with everything you said. You're, it's, it's, that's, that's wisdom. Um, yeah. I, yeah. Sorry, go on, Jai. I want, to, I want to ask you one more question, but I'll go after Jazz. Go for it. I was just going to say, um, obviously, you know, we mentioned how things are different to we live a very different life to our parents generation they were like survival mode we're obviously not like that we have a better like foundation and we're a lot more stable which allows us to do stuff like this and you know just take more risks right however we also have other challenge challenges and obstacles that our parents may not have had for example one of them being in like constant connection with everyone around the world at all times right which can also it's obviously a convenience but can also be it comes with its own challenges right undoubtedly right like navigating because navigating people's because obviously communication is everything right but what happens when you have unlimited communication all the time right like i'll give you an example um chris rock who i love said said this he said this uh, because he he i don't know if you've seen his special on netflix called tambourine it's amazing if you haven't i, I recommend it but i'll have to add that to the list he it came out uh, like a year or two ago and he uh it was filmed shortly after his divorce unfortunately but he he got divorced after 16 years right um and he and he oh, was wow. which is which is rough right I, my heart goes out to him but but um but he, one of the things he said was like he felt like his 16 years of marriage was longer than his parents 40 years of marriage because of how connected he was to his wife he's like you know throughout the day he's like in, in his parents uh he's able to basically text her like get in, get in touch with her yeah. like that because she's obviously in the same realm of generation to be accustomed he's to like text. he's like in this year 2020 2019 you can't miss anyone they're in your pocket you you know you can't he's like he's like when his his dad would leave for work at 6 a.m he would have no contact with his you know his 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 mother the whole day his you know his dad's wife the whole day so until he came home that evening at six seven eight whatever like kids could be dead whatever like if he finds out he's gonna find out when he comes home that evening and obviously now like like i was saying like um you know you just have every everyone's in your pocket and constant communication you get facebook updates instagram updates whatever you know whatsapp video calls so i just want to ask you like how do you approach um because i'm sure like people listening anyone listening to this will relate to that like even in my own relationships like i've had relationships in the past um some people were surprised by that but uh i've had (laughs) i've had like where where i i uh, for me like i love communicating but i hate communicating on whatsapp i hate it like for logistics and things like timing setting up this show sure let's set up a time to talk but when someone tries to have a conversation a, a meaningful conversation with me about something in my relationship or something they don't like and it, or you know what i mean like over text on whatsapp i hate it i i really hate it because obviously everything can get misconstrued 
you know there's no you 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 can misread the tone of something you can misread the energy you you know you can literally just misread a word and it can change the whole context 100%. of what they're trying to say so some something for me i'd love to hear your opinion on this is yeah i just i just i just prefer all all really important or like relationship conversation to be done face to face or on the phone and not like keyboard you know like back and forth because what, exactly what, what what you say in a whatsapp conversation over over 20 minutes can be clarified in like one minute in a you know what i mean in a one minute conversation you can clear you can you can you can avoid all that but i'm just going to say one more spicy thing to add to this mix right <laughs> i'm waiting some people you know they these people exist you know uh they 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 um they 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 think they think it's a game you know they think it's like it's like a little game i can play let me see how much this guy really cares you know like if 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 if, 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 <laughs> I, if i push this button how is he going to react you know like that kind of and that i'm like oh yeah so yeah you, all i can say to the kind of the game people is that they're not ready for a serious relationship end of like what else can you say to that right come on like I totally agree with you, and um, I don't know. I, I I don't know how I feel about the whole Chris Rock thing. To be completely honest with you, I get it. it the in, relationships are way more intense now. Way more um, intense. He was like, he was like, because 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 one thing he said, he was like, he went out. So that night, right? He's having dinner with his wife at home, and and she's like, he, she's like, oh, Chris, you seem like you don't want to talk, and he's like. I know everything you did today. I, I received <laughs> like twelve Facebook updates. I sent you three, three love hearts and an eggplant. Like you know. that is literally <laughs> that, that is literally the argument that me and my husband have all the time. And I think this is the difference between like you know men and women. Sometimes like he's like I live in the same house as you. You're in the next room. Like what do I need to? Talk? I can hear your conversations when you're talking to your friends. Like what do we need to talk about sometimes? But it's more so like women are very like, oh, I want to talk about this and let's talk about this. And, you know, we love that whole conversation. I can speak to my girlfriends all the time. Like mm -hmm. it wouldn't really bother me. On the, I prefer, I'm definitely a on the phone voice note type person. I agree with you. I hate when people text because, me too. Uh, and I'm getting to the point in life where I'm like, don't text me mm. um, or don't expect a response <laughs> for a very long time. Really? Yeah, you know? so, me too. I'm like, if you WhatsApp me, I might not respond for two weeks. Really? Yeah. If you yeah. need, if you really need a response, hit. There's one button. It literally looks like a phone. You hit that button, I'll and I'll pick up. <laughs> yeah, or voice note. I can listen to it while I'm doing something. Like, yeah. you know, I get it. And yeah, so in that sense, I think friendships are slightly different. I think when it comes to a relationship, the biggest thing is is that yeah, I do feel like you're in each other's face a lot more because you're constantly connected to each other in some way or another. Um, I don't, I, I don't, I don't know if I agree though that you know the sixteen years is the same as forty years. I get in in the, you know, in the sense of what he's saying. Just exaggerating a bit, but yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah, making, you know, he's he's, he's totally <laughs> exaggerating. I totally get that, but I'm just like that. I feel like sometimes, especially for celebs, that's an excuse mm -hmm. just to be like, oh yeah, back in the day, you did forty years, you did fifty years together. That you can't, we can't do that anymore. And then maybe that's setting like a precedence in people's minds that oh, the long-term relationship doesn't work, which I don't agree with because I think it's an integral part of 
you know us and our culture like the long-term relationships can work they're mm-hmm. still real they're still there um but this is all coming down to the fact that i think you need to be able to give each other space mm, yeah oh, yeah that is like something that's so important and i think women can be like this like very attached that i'm very attached to my husband but i need to learn like when i need to give him space when he needs to have time by himself when yeah, he needs yeah, to yeah. have time with his boys mm. and i need to be yeah. away from that um when he needs to have time with his family you know and maybe i'm not in the mood to like hang out with them all day so i yeah. need to let him do that mm-hmm. um basic things like i remember when the pandemic started like we worked in separate rooms all day and we would come together for lunch and we would come together in the evenings like we wouldn't harass each other you wouldn't communicate no because the thing is we would argue about things because he's very like i'm focused on this and i'm like trying to hoover on a conference call doing like a million things at the same time or whatever i'm doing (laughs) and he's just like get out my face i don't want to talk to you until like the end of the (laughs) evening um so i think you have to respect each other's boundaries and i think that's Mm -hmm. the way the problem is I think people don't know where each other's boundaries are and mm-hmm. how to give each other a space in a time where we're so connected with one another because it's literally like you'll phone each other all the time like you need something yeah. like oh you text you phone whatever and it's like I make a point now like when it was it's the pandemic this year but like when he's out with the boys I don't call him I don't call him I don't text him or anything if I don't have to I remember one once he was out and I called him and one of the boys picked up because he was just like, oh, I don't know why she's calling me. Because I normally don't call. And I'd only call because I was like, I'm ordering food. I just want to let, I want to know if you want something. That's a and phone the boys call were messing that everyone around. loves. Yes. And I thought, look, I thought that was allowed. I thought that was in the, the, the tick list, you know. <laughs> that was I'm doing a yeah. group, group Nando's order. <laughs> yeah. What, what do you what want? What do you need? If, I, if my girl called me with that question, oh, I'm. She might you get know what I'm trying to say? Back, yeah. <laughs> And when the boys picked up and they were messing with me, they were like, oh, he didn't come. And I'm like, what? And they're like, yeah, he, he's not here with us. <laughs> and I'm like, but you have his phone. And then, no, I, I no, sorry. I called him and he didn't pick up. So okay. I called one of the boys okay. for food. These are my, like, you know, yeah, yeah, great yeah. friends as well. So I want to call one of the boys who I knew was there. And I was like, hey, can you just ask him what he wants for food? I'm only calling for that reason. But because I called... <laughs> They decided to piss about with me and like, you know, be like, nah, he didn't turn up here. He's not with us. I would do that. I would do that. Yeah. (laughs) And the thing is, I was cool with that. And I get it. Like, but the thing I, unless I've got some sort of problem, I'm not calling and I'm not getting in his time and his space and stuff like that, because I think it's really important. And I have to remind myself and he has to remind me sometimes that I need my space, you know, but it's my responsibility. If I don't need as much space as he needs, is to like take a step back and vice versa. You adjust with it. You know, you live and you learn. I also think there's this whole concept of it's it's probably just a human, just a human natural. It's just it's a natural feeling that and an insecurity that we all want to feel like we're loved and we all feel like we need the attention. And I think that's where it's just like we've got the facilities to actually kind of exposed. Are you going to pay me the right attention when I need it? Are you going to acknowledge that if I message you, are you going to message me back? Now I know that there's two blue ticks that are going to tell me whether you read the message and you've chosen not to respond to me. But I see you also online probably talking to other people. See, and I'm messages. not okay with Why that. Why can't you use that time to I'll like... I'll be real with you. I'm not okay with that. Like checking the whole blue tick thing and um, seeing when people are online. 
as I recently someone said that to me, oh, you're online, but you never respond. I'm like, why the fuck are you checking? Why are you checking my profile? Like to going into my WhatsApp and then looking if I'm online or not. Like, I don't do that. I don't have time to respond to you, let alone doing that. And I, I just, oh, it annoys me so much because me I think this is where I'm a little bit like, did you turn it off? You know, I turned off. I, I turned it off, by the way. You know, like how do you uh, do that? You you can turn off the uh, blue ticks, so like no one. It just there's just two grey ticks. I did that. So they'll never know whether they've received the message or whether they've read it or not. And I think yeah, it's probably it's caused more harm than good because it sets an expectation that you've read it, but you're still not going to pay me the attention. And because you don't pay me the attention, that probably they extrapolate that and make it out as if oh, you don't love me, you don't do this, you don't like you. You, you basically yeah, hate me. Yeah, you hate me. It, 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 it goes from it goes from <laughs> I'm having dinner with my mom to you hate me now. <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's like I, I was at, I was actually at the dentist and I just checked my phone to check the address, but now you think I have visceral lo- loathing for you. It's, it just it just gets you know amplified. I could be dying, so you've texted me to say you're dying. You couldn't give me a phone call to say like shit's happening or not, and it's oh, it's, it's that's what it's, I mean. It's, it's, it's sorry. Go on, go on, go on. <laughs> I was just gonna say it's created this whole it's exposed that there's an expectation there and that you can't hide away from it. And the fact that you've chosen to do something and it's obvious that you've chosen not to respond in that time, that has created this whole narrative that all of a sudden you don't care. And it's, it's, it's created a wrong precedent. And I think it's not fair that people kind of create an unreasonable reaction and an unreasonable response. But I think you also need to le- like learn from it. Like you're young, like you're going to be a bit more volatile and a bit more emotional at that I'm age, right? I'm just really glad I'm, as you get older, I'm just really glad I met my husband when there was just texting and nothing more. Like, honestly, <laughs> this, you're talking about, this stresses me out. Like I'm literally like waiting for that. And the thing is, I may be one of those girls in another life, like who's waiting for that blue tick. I don't know. Maybe like, I don't know. But the thing is, it's just like, how can you, like, this is where your mental health is going to take a toll, right? Mm-hmm. Waiting for those blue ticks or wait, thinking that, oh yeah, like this guy that I'm texting is not caring about me and mm-hmm. he doesn't, he's not responding or he's seen my text and he, he's not responding. But this is what I mean. If, if we didn't re- text and we just picked up the phone and like, okay, I've spoken to Vid now. I know he ain't going to reply to me. If I, if I text him tomorrow, he ain't going to reply to me. If uh, unless it, I need to, if I know it's important, I need to pick up the phone. Then that narrative is created there, and it's like you already know. Then okay, mm-hmm. if for example, I'm going to be dating a guy like him, I know. Okay, he's not going to text me back. It doesn't mean that he doesn't care. But I think people are now so scared of like picking up the phone and meeting face to face, and you know they're just hidden behind the technology. That's so true. And then they make these things up in their mind. It's like okay, well, yeah, Vid hasn't responded to me, so that must mean he doesn't care about That's me. Very true. Like. I'm working. Change like ten other. Yeah, <laughs> it's so exactly. true. It's so true. Someone, uh, someone <laughs> said this recently, and I remember. Um, you know, you used to. I don't know. You, you guys probably remember, but like growing up, growing up, it's probably the same for you guys. Like someone, like my parents' friends or parents' brothers or sisters or even my friends, they just ring your house phone. You know yeah. what I mean? They just ring your house phone. <laughs> oh, hey, what's going on? So I didn't expect this call, and now it's a bit like. Now you don't even, now, obviously no one uses the house phone, <laughs> but now it's like, even before, even before you, even if I'm talking to jazz, like I'll still call jazz like that, but I'll, mo- if it's not someone like jazz or Prash, I'll probably message them and be like, yo, are you free to talk in like 20 minutes? 
you know what i mean you have to you have to organize it now you, it's a bit like there's that extra which is obviously a, con a convenience thing but it's just i'm just i'm just i'm just noticing how like you know there's a little change it's like a marginal incremental change in the way we we uh communicate with each other um i think this is like kind of seeped into like dating life yeah. because one thing that you're starting to see now and especially with like online dating is that people are having the most the like essay length conversations right and they or they they, they 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 chat for ages and they don't end up meeting up but then when they meet up it's just like we've got nothing to say and it's either because you've just it's like like a, a really long text message can probably be said in like five seconds mm -hmm. and you act as if yeah we've had the most amazing conversations we're texting mm -hmm. all the time the text messages are like x like yay long but then you get to in person and it's just like all that conversation has just been exp has been said in like 10 minutes what are you going to say now <laughs> And I think people feel no. It's true though. Like I, it, and that's why even before I would never like I hated Me too. messaging. I, hate I think text message, like obviously like for me, um, and Karina, we don't live together right now. So like we kind of message each other like part during the day, but most of the day we're just kind of like getting on with our own things. Like we catch up at lunch a little bit to say that we're, we're like what you eating and stuff, and then we have like the phone conversation at night. But then we've even said like when we after we get married and we've like moved in with each other we're probably not really going to speak to each other much during the day apart from just like unless something urgent comes up because you've got the you've got your evening to like kind of catch up and stuff like sometimes you need just to like kind of clear your mind and just focus on what you're doing rather than thinking i need to be responding yeah, left right and center exactly but i think the the generations are moving in a different direction it's like we're to the worst to the, for the bat for the worst or... I don't even know do you have yes like and, yes and no do you have like younger siblings or younger cousins or ne nephews and nieces who you who you are like or friends that yeah. you are, who like who like have a different way of operating that you've observed yeah 100 percent. yeah um it's more so kind of like younger cousins or like friends younger brothers and sisters my, my sister's a lot younger than me but she's married so she's got a little bit more mature but um like that like the 18 19 year olds they don't know how to communicate very well you know face to face and have a conversation and mm. it's all over the phone or like some sort of social media device instagram tiktok or whatever on earth it is it's like all of a sudden like all their confidence and everything comes out from there but then they can't hold conversations very well or you know um they're very shy like when you meet them and it's just it's a diff mm. completely different dynamic my dynamic my dad's partner was saying like you know um his daughter is the same like in 15 16 in in school and attached to the, the device you know whatever it may be like the computer the ipod or ipod ipad <laughs> um you to tell my age obviously <laughs> uh or, or like the phone you know yeah. and they don't know really how to have meaningful relationships face to face and i absolutely hate it to be completely honest with you i will if I want you and I want to speak to you, I will FaceTime you. I'm mm. that kind of person. And I want to see your face. I want to see your reaction and like have that conversation. Because even then, even sometimes on the phone, like I could say something to you that might irk you the wrong way, right? Or even vice versa. But if I see your face, I can kind of figure out, oh, okay, like you're, what kind of mood you're in, what the situation is. You're less likely to take things the wrong way or misinterpret whatever that person's saying. So you're not going to read it in the voice of your mood. Exactly. Basically. But I just, I don't know. I think social media is a great thing. We couldn't be able to do this like without technology and without the advancement that we have, like just this conversation, for example, right. right yeah. Wouldn't be able to happen, but 
you know, after watching things like The Social Dilemma, I'm just like, I'm worried. I'm not going to give my kid a phone for a long time, (laughs) you know? Yeah, no, I'm with you on that as well. And that that, that documentary was was pretty scary and uh, disconcerting. Um, How generally, though, like, in regards to relationships and also not, like, I know this has been a tough year. I just want to know, like, how how you've how you've held up like um have things been cool have you been is it been like up and down are you are you are you just staying busy and like you know uh exercising at home or like what what, what kind of what kind of things are you doing um to keep like good mental health and also i want to ask you this question because some people i know are going through like a tough breakup right now or they're going they're, they're recently they've been going through um you know like a hard time like i wanted to, i wanted to ask i wanted to ask your your opinion on what advice you would give to people who have just gone through like their first breakup um or like a big breakup because i know a lot of people like that and obviously i tell them things but they don't give a hell they don't care what i have to say (laughs) 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 oh i don't know how much they'll care about what i have to say but um yeah in terms of the pandemic i think I'm okay. Like I'm, I'm, I'm looking at it from a perspective. I'm blessed. I've still got my job, and like I'm quite secure financially, like that. So that's like half of the worry gone, right? Which is a lot of people are struggling with at the moment. And it's a blessing, blessing exactly. Like I think Jazz and I were talking about this when we spoke. We were just like, we've got to just keep going, even though we might be working longer hours, and you know, in the worlds that we work in, be really like stressed out sometimes. Just keep the focus on the fact that we're lucky. Yeah, I give um, thanks every day yeah but i think for me like our relationship it's actually good to be completely honest with you um i feel like we've got quite a good relationship just generally but i think it was hard because you've how long have you been in your house now because you guys have just recently moved into like yeah like a year we've been here a year yeah we've been yeah okay so it's a big been a it's a pretty much most of lockdown in our home you've been you've been in lockdown as well literally and the thing is, when we moved here, we moved a little bit further out. We, we live in Essex now. So it's just, it was a little bit harder for both of us to travel, um, to longer, etc. So we weren't spending a huge amount of time together when we first moved here, mm-hmm. especially in the week. And then in the weekends, we're like seeing one parent or another parent or family or friends. And it was just, it was becoming very much like no alone time and no spending time, just me and him. So the pandemic kind of allowed us to spend a lot more time together. Yeah. And like we spend a lot of time in the weekdays, you know, switching off, you know, a little bit earlier and like cooking together or eating together and doing all the things that we couldn't really do. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, very blessed in that sense. But what I did find is when we did have arguments, they were probably more intense than they were ever because we're just stuck in this mm-hmm. place. Like, with nowhere to go, especially in the lockdown, because the first time everybody was scared and, like, it was, we don't know what this thing is, how long are we going to be like this? And so when we argued, we argued, like, to the sense that it just went from zero to, like, 100. And it was quite, like, intense. Luckily, we didn't have too many of them. And we, like, then when we sat down, we were, like, dissecting our arguments. We were like, okay, so how did we get to that point where we nearly wanted to kill each other? Yeah. Um... But yeah, I, I can imagine like people who don't have the best relationships, um, you know, probably ha- are having like not the best time at the moment. I even said to him, I was just like, I don't, I don't think I could have lived at your parents' house, you know, for example, and done the pandemic thing because that would have been like an everyday thing. And mm-hmm. he was just like, yeah, we, we went 
not in that position, so let's not think about that because I don't think we I've I could have done it either. Um, I could live yeah. with with a woman at my parents' house, no matter what situation. <laughs> no matter what, where my dad likes to encourage that idea, and I'm like, sorry, dad, that's never going to happen. I can't do that. I know, I know. Yeah, yeah it's just I know, I know, I know. It's like a Asian parents' dream, but like it is. I still don't understand it, but um, nah, I don't understand it either. Yeah, it's a bit nuts. So like. We th- it's obviously that I think it's quite mature what you guys have done in the sense that you've actually sat down and like kind of addressed the points to like and have an open conversation like that, which I think is important. Like you need to have that ability to just reflect open and honestly with each other. Um, how have you like so in the midst of all that happening? Like, have you been able to like control your thoughts or has it been like quite crazy? Because obviously you can't really escape because he's obviously in the next room or something. Like, how have you like kind of managed? that level because it's very different when you're married right and like you're one of the few couples that i know that actually live together by yourselves now so like how have you like managed that that's so funny that you said that because we were one of the last couples to move out not one of the last but as in a lot of our friends are now all living by themselves so it's interesting but yeah um i actually really like it i i I even had this conversation with my mother-in-law recently um because me and my mother-in-law like really get along now and we've got a very nice relationship which is growing um and i actually even said to her i was like it's nothing personal the fact that i didn't want to live with you i just need my own house and i need my own space that i can just get up and do what the hell i want to do and when I'm with you, I actually have the energy to spend time with you and give you what you need as a daughter-in-law, like the attention, having the chit-chat. And my mother-in-law loves that. Like she loves to have like a talk and whatever. I was like, I can't, I couldn't do that living with you because I was Mm. just knackered all the time, like having a really busy job and, you know, coming home, I couldn't be on all the time. And I I think she, she finally kind of understood that. So I don't know, like, I, I think it may not be every for everyone having yeah. their own space. And Each I totally own, respect yeah. that. And that's okay. But for me and him, it's more so like we needed our own space. But even him, like, he's very, he's not so bothered. Like, he was happy there. He's happy here. Like, you know, he's, he's more, he more so, I would openly say, yeah, he moved out for me because that's something that I needed. But he's also now seeing the positives and the benefits as well. So, um, but awesome. that doesn't mean that we're not going to keep a relationship with his parents or, yeah. or my parents. Like, we're, I think we're closer now than ever, which uh, is... Yeah, for me, crazy. the same. When I moved out of my parents' house, I became closer to them. Do you know what? It's quite interesting because obviously you've... Obviously, like with Vid, you're, you're, you're saying that you've moved out now, so you'll, you'll probably not move back home. And when you eventually... Well, if you if you eventually get married and stuff, like you'll have your own place with your partner and... Devki, you've obviously said like you're happier now that you've got and you're able to actually spend more time with your with your in-laws now that you've actually moved out. I'm in the position where touch wood, <laughs> <laughs> touch wood that um, I'm hoping that it kind of works out for when eventually Karina moves into into our home. And one thing that I've tried to like ensure because it's something you see all the time now, like this whole mother-in-law daughter-in-law relationship it's it's proven to be toxic in 99 percent of the times right like even from like stories that i've heard like from my own friends and stuff like jazz jazz and i were sorry to interrupt you jazz and i (laughs) devki were speaking about this literally like two days ago and i was saying that correct let me know your thoughts on this but like most mothers think that no woman will ever be good enough for their son i think i think like i I was saying like i think (laughs) that's that's where that's where it comes from right 
But I don't understand. If that's the case, why don't like... You started her off now. <laughs> you have. You literally have. Because I'm like, if that's the case, well, then why doesn't my mum think that no no one's like going to be good enough for me? Like, mm. you know, why mm-hmm. is it just the mother and the... Now. Exactly. It's like, it's just the mother and the son. What's this obsession? Some like, weird, oh. weird, like, yeah. It's, 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 it's strange. It's just something that... I've I... told my girlfriends. I'm like, listen, in 10 years time or 20 years time or whenever the fuck it is my kids getting married if i have a son and i'm this crazy ass mother-in-law smack me smack me across the face like put me in my place <laughs> oh god but do you know what it is i'm hoping so with what i was saying earlier like i've tried to like make the effort to make sure that i've tried to bridge that communication and that relationship between my mom and karina to make sure that do these uh, do these guys actually get along and to establish what kind of relationship they're going to have before and Touchwood has worked out to the point where it's just like they actually are friends and you wait till that first game of Monopoly, out. bruv. You just wait, <laughs> <laughs> mate. My mum, my mum is an animal when it comes to Monopoly, man. The number of times that board has has it really, bro. Several times, mate. My mum is so competitive. Like nothing turns a like nothing mate, there's no there's no that you know the moon the werewolf effect of the moon she, it's literally just like that when when she thinks she's that like, stolen like a hotel or something mate does she does she does she story. play banker or what okay no she just she, she basically she just buys everything and she tries to like force you to like swap your you know like if you if you've got like park lane and she's got like mayfair she will somehow force you into like selling your purple card or all your cards so she can make a sale. yeah that, uh, so i mean just sounds like a gangster yeah goals mate she is we don't mess around with her when it comes to monopoly <laughs> i guess it gets heated yeah <laughs> but um <laughs> zadevki something that is actually quite controversial i think we um it was something that you put on your your insta story was why is it okay for the guy's parents to live with um oh, why is it okay for the girls to live with their with their in-laws but not okay for the guy to live with his in-laws mm, trying to remember I think this is something that you actually put up on your story. It was a while ago, and I remember actually just uh, it was yeah. a while ago that you, you you put a story up like that. Like, what is your th- what are your thoughts yeah, on that? Agree. Do you think it should be something? I more? still agree. <laughs> and the thing is, look, I'm realistic. I I know, like culturally, there's so many things that I can't change, and I'm not going to be able to change. They're not. Like, I remember my mum was saying to me, like when we were growing up, oh, you're not going to have these kind of issues in your generation, and I had some of those issues, and I was like okay, well, things haven't moved as fast as they should have. And I, I genuinely believe that they may not change in the next generation either. But it's just slowly, slowly, if you ask those questions and you challenge those things, they should, right? Mm-hmm. I understand, like, from a, from potentially, like, a religious perspective or a cultural perspective why we do these things. But we also have to realize that we live in the West now. And I, I also think women work. They, uh, you know hold their own they Mm. bring their own salary home like you know they're independent and they're educated and it's not the same society that we were living in 50 years ago for sure i don't Um, want i don't want to date someone who just wants to like kick it at home and like no i need i need i would i really i I, I want to be like a power couple do you know what i mean she's killing it i would actually want a woman i would like to date a woman who makes more money than me i'm you know I'm, i'm literally like always i'm always telling rich i'm like i would love to be a housewife and he's like you can never be a housewife <laughs> you would be bored yeah that's what um, i think too yeah no but you've got passions and hobbies that you would actually pursue though so like what you would consider as like okay i'm i'll do the, the usual things so like keep the house in order but 
you would then follow your yeah, yeah, yeah. Like your I passion, would have like to have something going on. Like yeah, yeah. I would have to definitely have something going on. But I agree with you. I think that's probably what drives us because he's quite driven in what he wants to do and I'm quite driven in what I, I want to do. Um, but I, I, still, I still don't understand that. To, even to this day, I don't understand why it's acceptable to be in, you know, like a woman is, is supposed to like forget, like forget or like leave her family and whatever and join this new family and move in with her like husband to me I'm just like that's fine it's a cultural thing I've got to do it I did it whatever done tick box let's move on um but I, I still haven't nobody's been able to give me a reason why we should still carry on doing that if that makes sense do you know what I think it is and I've given it a bit like I gave it a bit of thought and I think a lot of what it comes down to is the inheritance right you've got the point where your family are gonna your your mom and dad will get old and eventually they'll need someone to like kind of take care of them and i think when it comes to like the guy living at home or if he's looking after his parents essentially right, realistically and traditionally the inheritance always gets passed down to the sons. not anymore well really because from what i i mean just from like no there's, there's so many people right like, who like have sons and daughters and they give things equally how it should be see yeah it's how it should be but it's not the case in most scenarios still a lot because what the the, the the consensus is that well the daughter's married into another family now therefore her husband should be the one providing for her and ideally or the expectation is that that son okay is, so then um, what happens to parents, parents like my parents who have two daughters that's obviously a different caveat and there's no one and there's not one hard and fast rule about this but i think it's that traditionally the inheritance gets passed on the son so therefore you kind of need to look after us in our old age and yeah you'll everything will kind of get passed on to you whereas that if like let's just say if you had a boy and a girl and the inheritance gets passed on to the guy and but the husband or the the the, the son-in-law is living with the parents like what kind of gets passed on to them right what is the sacrifice of living with them because living with your in-laws is a sacrifice because it's adopting an entire new family new habits new everything and you're expected to just kind of like fit in and just like abide by a new set of laws i can understand so, that but i think the world has moved on from that i think that i, I do 100 yeah. percent think that there are families who would still look at things like that like okay i'm gonna give my inheritance to my son and then i my son looks after me and you know my daughter is now part of a new family and whatever whatever but i i just think like now we're we're in a world where women are now becoming you know independent we're financially independent we have you know thought processes we can do so much more than what we could do you know even in our parents generations so i understand that but when it comes down to you know families and i know a lot of families that everything's going to be given equally boy or Mm -hmm. girl or whatever then then that makes no sense to me as in like why that's the case culturally yeah like if someone says to me that's just how we do things because that's how tradition is i can get that but for me i kind of think that that shouldn't be the reason why we keep carrying on doing things that's 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 that's, i gotta say that's one of my that's one of the most dangerous sayings is this is the way we've always done things do you know what I mean? I can, that, but what I'm saying, I can understand. And we're not allowed to change that yeah, whatsoever. Well, what I'm saying, I can understand that if that's someone's thought process and that's what they want to do, right? If you say to me, Jazz, like, look, 
I want to live with my parents. This is the this is the way I'm going to do things in my marriage. And I be to why? And you say, okay, well, it's tradition. I'm not going to sit there and be like, no, that's wrong. Mm-hmm. Unless I'm going to be marrying you, right? Like, I'm not going to say that. I'm going to be like, okay, cool. I respect yeah. your opinion. That's fine. That's the way you do things. I respect that. That's your life, right? But what I'm saying is that, and this is, uh, me and my husband completely disagree on this. He's very much, he thinks like you, Jess. Like, he's very similar in the way that he thinks in that sense as well. But um, he even says to me, he's like, if you have sons tomorrow, don't you want them to live with us? And I'm like, no, I want them to move out and have their own house and mm-hmm. have their own life. Like, that's my opinion. Whereas he's very different like that. He's like, oh, no, of course I would want my kids tomorrow to live with me. And like, that's culturally how we do things. <laughs> like, he's very different in his thought process. I get that. Um, but I don't, I, I'm still like, nobody's giving me a good enough reason even the inheritance thing Mm -hmm. like it's still we live in england you can give your stuff 50 50 to your kids you know Mm -hmm. and we live in an environment that your assets can be protected and all this sort of thing because ultimately even if you get married and you your parents give you all your inheritance if you get divorced tomorrow your wife still gets 50 percent. true very true so good points on both sides true absolutely (laughs) I feel like Vid's I, like the like more, the referee in the middle. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I think there's one big caveat to it. One big caveat to it all is you have to be happy. If there at any point there is an unhappiness, because at the end of the at the end of the day, in the instance where the girl is moving in with the fact that with the new family, her feelings have to be taken into consideration. And if she, not even if she's not getting along with them, or even if she's getting along with them completely. If she's not happy just living in a new environment and she just wants her own space, everyone should be entitled to that. A woman should be entitled to have that level of freedom to just be able to come back and kick it the way she wants to after married life now. Like you, do you know what I mean? And I think that's one big caveat. If the woman, I think, is, is happy to do it, because do you know what it is as well? The concept of rent to Indian parents yeah, does not exist. Totally. <laughs> They're like either a mortgage, or there's, you are not renting, you're not going to give a thousand pound or twelve hundred pound a month where you can be paying five hundred pound a month. On oh, I, to- on I a, totally on agree. When I was like first living with my in laws and I was finding it hard to adjust, and I remember like talking to one of my friends and she wasn't Indian, and she was like, Oh, well, why don't you just move out and rent? And I was like, uh, We don't do that. <laughs> it's not a thing. <laughs> and, true. and I think that's why sometimes like we can resonate more, and as you're getting older, you end up resonating with people in your own culture because when you're going through these things that only people in your culture understand you're not being like racist and you're not being like discriminative you just want to connect with people who get you like you just want to connect with someone who's just understanding the fact that yeah in our culture we live with our in-laws and it's a thing mm-hmm. you know exactly no you're right it's not it's not like a i don't want friends of other you know uh, cultures it's just that these people just get it a bit easier no they know the pressures they know the obstacles and the challenges i just wanted to uh, ask one question i don't think we touched on um was like did you have did you if 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 you had a friend who's was going through like a tough breakup right now during the pandemic you know obviously it's hard for people to like date and like meet new people and like travel which are all things people do to move forward um i'm like because I've been trying to help, you know, like people through some stuff. I just wanted to know if you if, if you had a friend in that scenario, what, what would you say to them? You know what? Someone actually asked me and they were just like, oh, you know, talk a little bit more about breakups. And I, I feel, to be completely honest, a little bit uncomfortable because I'm like, mm, I've been in a relationship for a really long time. So Fair play. Yeah, uh, that's true. That's fair. That's a good one. I mean, that's, uh, that's how you feel. That's fair. I just, I just I, had I to ask a question. What... No, no, of course. And I don't. But I, what I would say to people is honestly, 
especially if you're like in a long-term thing and you you're going for a long-term thing for me it's better just calling it quits before you take those vows or you get serious that's honestly the biggest advice that i give people obviously i'm not encouraging people to break up but mm-hmm. find solace in the fact that it's better to do it now than later on because it's so much more harder like once you've you know made the vows or you've had that engagement or whatever exactly you had your own property together or whatever or yeah financial commitments together you bought a house together or whatever the hell it is what about young people going through their first breakup young people going through their first breakup it hurts like hell but you'll just in 10 years time honestly forget about it like or soon or much sooner than that or much sooner than that yeah like i don't know everyone everyone goes through it right your first breakup stays with you. You gotta just your first embrace breakup it. Stays with you for a long time, and that's why I was saying like ten years later. But I was like, <laughs> your first breakup stays with you, and I think it affects you because you're just very emotionally attached, especially for women. I think you get quite attached, but ultimately you got to think back, and especially as a married woman, I'm telling you, I'm very glad I didn't marry some people that I dated before Kesh. So. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> I think it's also a it's, a it's a way of just embracing that. Listen, shit's happened. It, you're not gonna you you're just gonna realize you can tell someone all the time listen in a couple of weeks time or you just got to give it a bit of time i think i'm like I, I, that's something that i i often hear like where, when when these discussions happen and i'm just like do you know what don't fucking think about the future just like live in what you're feeling right now acknowledge it you'll eventually come to terms mm-hmm. with it in your own way i think there's no right answer to say how to get over a breakup i think you've just got to say listen mate write it out if you need a talk and you just need to because you're not listening to here to rational i'm not like you're not here to just like give out rationales and be like okay you you should have done this or maybe you should have done this and oh it would have been okay if this happened me you've skipped you've 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 dodged a bullet or anything like that i think it's just you don't want to hear none of that you're just like just say what you want vent what you need how you need to and eventually with time you'll you, you you'll you'll have embraced it and you'll come to terms with it more you don't even have to accept it you just need to come to a point where you can actually like function on a day-to-day basis yeah i think it's hard in a pandemic because like normally if you have a breakup you'll try and connect with friends or do something different or whatever and i think your friends will take you out take you on a trip or something Mm. i heard there's a really good place called spearmint rhinos it's our strip club (laughs) 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 i was like (laughs) why have i heard that before is that open i don't know only essential workers maybe <laughs> maybe yeah that's what i mean yeah because i know some people in london who are like going through their first breakup and in during pandemic and they're just struggling or they've been struggling for a while oh, so like really? you know, i'm just like trying to figure out some i'm sure well, someone when... did it happen during the did it happen during the, the during the lockdown kind of like just kind of like just before so what ah. advice have you been giving them um some of the things that uh you guys just said like you know in the future like in the near future you'll you'll look back and it won't be a big deal and you'll have moved on and um try trying trying i'm trying to say stuff like focusing on yesterday is not going to make you have a better today you know that kind of that kind of advice and you can't you got you have to start the next chapter and you can't you can't you can't be in the present if you're if you're still in in thinking about what happened yesterday so that's encouraging being proactive with your thoughts which i think is actually really important yeah and and also that the, what you said devki like the first breakup is usually the worst and everyone feels it the hardest and there's no it's no it's no it's no like coincidence that everyone feels it the hardest like we're i think as humans we're more alike than people 
you know think we are and um you know i think there's this thing that people like to an easy way to feel to feel unique is to pretend and act like this is only ever happened to you and like you're the only one who's ever gone through this yeah. and and this particular set of events is so unique to you and it's like no one hey, that that kind of thing no that kind of thing no i've literally heard people say like no one knows what i'm going through right now and i'm like okay it's like victimized behavior. i'm like to an extent that might be true but also you're being a little self-involved like a little you know with respect that you need to realize that like 90 percent of humans go through this and you know there is light at the end of the tunnel and you just gotta it obviously even if you're in the darkest part of the tunnel it's hard to see that but take each day as it comes take each hour as it comes if it's if it's you know if that's what's required and if you know it's obviously tough during a pandemic but you know um that's another reason why we're doing this show to like give people company it's another outlet exactly it's a conversation to be in part it's just it's a tough it's a a tough conversation to have with someone though you know because because people were very vulnerable in that state during a pandemic though man like i I, it's i can't even imagine how one must be feeling during that time because you are literally only with your thoughts and if you live if you're if you're living with family either you haven't opened up to them about what's going on but at the end of the day they've got lives to lead on as well and it's sometimes hard to like be sensitive to it just because you kind of have to go with it and i think misery loves Mm. company right you almost want everyone to like just respect the fact that shit i'm going through a tough time you almost need to kind of show that you need to kind of reflect the same kind of behavior and just feel sorry for me and Mm. just need this attention and it's, it's very tough but obviously if people aren't doing that you're you're around conflict all the time and it's probably just going to piss yeah. you off even more Exos- and sometimes i think people can become their own worst enemy as well yeah another thing i i, I would say is uh, exercise you know like uh i know it sounds unrelated but it really is related like uh no it's completely related there's 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 this there's this bodybuilder who said this thing and i'm not going to quote him directly these are not my words but he he was like uh if your girl you know if you things didn't go well with your girl get in the gym bro you know next time she sees you you're gonna be you know you're gonna be like ripped you know she's gonna you're gonna be your biceps gonna be popping your t-shirts gonna be hugging your bicep she's gonna she's gonna be like oh you know like you know what i'm trying to say instead of like just wallowing away and like just you know become a better version of yourself level up that's that's I think you need time though to reach. Obviously, that it's not like day one and you're going in the gym. <laughs> Literally, as soon as the conversation, about, okay, babe, I need to go to the gym now. I need to kind of like level up and show you in like six months' time something. There is a phrase that breakups make bodybuilders. I don't know if you guys have ever heard that. <laughs> I haven't heard that. I definitely have. Yeah, <laughs> with some like hench picture. Yeah. <laughs> so, Devki we this is definitely not going to be the only time you come on the show we're definitely there's there's so many conversations i feel like we haven't talked about half of the things that you know we could talk about but But no thank you so much for coming on it's been amazing having you on i think this has probably been our longest show which has been yeah shows how much you've got to say and just i think yeah there's going to be so much more to come from you i hope um vid you know it's always been a pleasure man like it's been amazing thanks everyone for listening and uh guys you just want to give a bit of an outro. yeah i mean i mean Doki, do you want to let people know where they can find you yes if, 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 if anyone wants to like find your find your page yeah if anyone wants to find me um they can find me mainly on instagram uh all one word beauty and the wife life 
um, and I'm also on YouTube as well. Very small, trying post whenever I can, um, but mainly kind of on Instagram. And I also have a Facebook page. It's all Beauty and the Wife Life, all one page, um, all one word. <laughs> we're going to share all your links and everything in the description. So yeah, it's um, we're, we're so glad to have had you on today, man. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. It's been really fun. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for showing support. And uh, yeah, we've loved having you. So uh, yeah, thanks cool. everyone for listening. Thanks everyone for listening. Peace out. Bye. I have to do that every time now.